ladies and gentlemen, get those dollars ready. Coming up next to the stage on the Other Ground Podcast, it's your host, Passive J and Ryan. That is right. It is yet another exciting edition of the Other Ground Live. I'm Passive J. That's Big Dalton Ryan over there. Say hello, Ryan. Yeah, about that. What? About? <laughs> we all know what that sound is. It's claw time, which means it must be the beginning of uh, another episode of Other Ground Live. As mentioned, I am Passive J. That's Ryan over there. We're going to have a great show tonight. I have high hopes for it. I can see the OG army accumulating in the chat box. So I'm glad to see you guys. Welcome. Uh, apparently, we might have a really special guest. Um, he's supposed to be trying to check in. Uh, Ghost of KBR, uh, who's going to be telling us everything we want to know about uh, homesteading and prepping and all those kinds of things, which is really relevant in the current times. And I'm really excited to have him on. Assuming he Good shows up. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I, I seriously am. No, same here. No, that should be a good conversation if he figures out the app. If he can figure out how to do homesteading and all that shit, he better be able to figure out an app on a, on a phone. You would assume so, but it is a completely different skill set because I'm really good at figuring out apps on the phone, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be shitty at this homesteading stuff, but I want to learn. Yeah. Well, <laughs> considering you, you feel that you almost need help to you know, inflate a hot tub. I got it. I did it on my own. Oh, speaking of a uh, hot tub, a uh, hot tub watch 2020. We're currently sitting at 88 degrees. I think I'm probably going to have to wait till tomorrow morning to try out the hot tub. It, it maxes out at 104. So um, it's not quite there yet and probably won't be ready by the time I go to bed. So I'll have a nice, awesome hot tub for probably after my workout uh, tomorrow morning. Oh, snap. That'll be nice. Yeah. Do some lifting weights and get in a hot tub and go, oh, yeah, it feels good. <laughs> I don't know why, but like that picture in the garage, obviously the fact that you had rented out your garage in the past for, in the past for killing. Yeah. Uh, but it, it still seems really small. I don't know, like maybe it's just the angle or what have you, but it looks it like be. a hot tub for children. Well, uh, it is for one thing, uh, it doesn't look as high as some hot tubs because you sit on the floor. You're not sitting on a seat in there. It's the, the floor is inflatable and all that good stuff. So you don't really need a seat. It's comfortable anyways. Uh, but it, I want to think, I want to say it's like uh, 27, 28 inches tall. So uh, just under three feet, two and a half, something like that. And 77 inches across. I mean, like I can sit, sit down in it, you know, uh, extend my legs all the way across it and, you know, and not touch the other side. So it's sufficiently big. I'd call it a four person, uh, t- a hot tub comfortably six. If you're really, if you're friendly with the people. Yeah. I'm just going to call it a midget hot tub because I mean, <laughs> less than three feet in height, like. No, really, I might I, find a way to like elevate the thing so it doesn't I, look so toy. I might have the, the height wrong on it because I want to say, because I can, I basically, if I, I can sit on the edge of it without, without, uh, you know, squatting too much. So I might have the, uh, the height wrong on it. Uh, it. It's, it's perfectly, it's nice. Like I said, it, it's perfectly big enough for what we're using it for. Um, yeah, but it looks it, like shit. Have you ever thought about like maybe like stacking a couple pallets, like three pallets or so, you know, draping something over the pallet and then putting that on top? Possibly just to make it easier, uh, just to make it look a little bit nicer. Um, but you got to remember it is pretty heavy. So you got to be uh, thoughtful about what you're putting underneath it. Because because uh, water is heavy as it turns out. <laughs> well, you you put it on the pallets before you fill the thing. Well, yeah, I know that part, dude. I just mean it might it so might it actually can't crush be that it. Heavy. It's an inflatable hot tub. 
I meant the water in it. <laughs> okay, you know what? This conversation is going nowhere. Uh, how about our special guest save us from this inane conversation? <laughs> how you doing, K- how you doing, KBR? Good. Who the fuck is uh, posting that shit on there? Which which shit is that? <laughs> uh, oh, well, don't. I'm oh. looking at the uh, the app right now. It says you faggots can piss off. I'm not worried about vast knowledge. Oh, don't worry about that, dude. They're just fucking around. That's uh, the OG uh, army in the chat box is always uh, yeah. trying to fuck with people gotcha. as much as they can. It's all good natured, though. Um, yeah. How should I? How should I address you? Uh, actually, a ghost, uh, ghost to KBR, uh, Steve. I don't know. I don't know your name. <laughs> uh, Kyle's good. Kyle. All right. Hey, uh, thanks, David, yeah. for coming on the show, Kyle. Um, I've got all yeah. kinds of questions. Do you have anything you want to talk about specifically, or anything like that, or? Uh, how do you want this uh, to go, sir? Uh, it's uh, your show. You have the floor. Uh, don't call me, sir. I appreciate that, though. No, I just, uh, you know, I saw the uh, original thread that came up on it um, and seeing everything that's been going on with it. And I know that a couple people have commented as far as getting on there and doing different types of topics stuff like that. So I figured, hey, Easter night, why not get on? So, I mean, literally, whatever you guys want to talk about. Excellent. <clears throat> well, I mean, obviously, right now, I mean, obviously, the big elephant in the room right now is the whole COVID nineteen and and what's going on, and you know, we've been dealing with uh, food shortages and a bunch of other things, and then you got the whole law enforcement thing, and so I mean, there's a definitely there's it's a little bit of shit show right now out there. Okay, I can imagine. Uh, well, let's start off by doing a little bit of background. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience in uh, homesteading and prepping and things like that? Um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, how far do you want to go back? Uh, I started out as a boy scout when I was three years of age and, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I just always something I've been interested in as far as growing up, you know, my favorite book, uh, as a child was my side of the mountain, uh, oh, shit. where the red fern grows, uh, cried many tears in second grade with reading the red fern grows, uh, you know, it's just something I've always been involved with. And, uh, you know, grandfather always took me camping growing up and stuff like that. And then uh, actually my grandfather was probably one of the biggest, uh, you know, idols growing up. Uh, he raised 10 kids in a house they built uh, himself from reading a book. And that will always really, you know, impress me as a child growing up was that my grandfather literally built his own house with his two hands from reading a book. And I thought oh, that was very manly of him. And uh, my wife had uh, surgery back in like 94, 95. And I went down and got a book on uh, building long houses and was reading that while she was in surgery. And at the end, there was a little thing on, on cordwood building, uh, which I thought was really interesting. And uh, there's literally only like a, a couple paragraphs and, but they had, uh, a guy by the name of Rob Roy in, in uh, Eastern New York that was a big part of the of it, and so I called him up. I was like, "Hey, you know, you got any more information on this?" And he's like, "Yeah, I do. I got a book on it." I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah." He goes, "Also, a book on underground houses. If you'd be interested in that." I was like, "Yeah, I would." So, you know, back then, early '90s, you know, you called information. Actually, there was no Google, YouTube, or anything like this bullshit. Right? Um, yeah. So a couple weeks later, I got these two books in the mail and read them from cover to cover. And I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do. Um, so that was always the big goal. Uh, and then 
grew to Maine and and I built that house that I wanted to build. And so it's always is always developing talents and, and skill sets each year to get where we wanted to be, you know. And that's the biggest thing that you know I get from all people is, you know, where do you start? It's like mm-hmm. you start with baby steps. So um, it's something we've been working on for I mean, geez, what we built the house two thousand nine, so that was eleven years ago, which I fully document on the OG. Um, we're building a cabin right now and it's just, yeah. So. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, let's, process really. Well, let's, uh, let's do it this way to just to, uh, for, to have a topic uh, going the COVID stuff aside, if I wanted to like, just move the fuck away from everybody, you know, let, let's say I, I got a moderate sum of money, go call it like a million or two or $3 million enough to enough that you can do, you know, not exorbitant money, but enough that you can probably pull off whatever plan that you wanted. How would I go about just getting the fuck from everybody away from everybody else? I mean, what, what, what would be your plan for me? Well, is this Jay? Yes, sir. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Sir, so sir, things you, a habit. Uh, yeah. Stop. Yeah. Same thing. So you started with how much? I don't, I don't know. Call it like a couple million dollars, you know, uh, okay. Since, since we're in fantasy right. land anyways, you might as well, make, might as well make it a good fantasy, right? Well, we're talking about Jay. Right, so well, let's, let's actually say it's about 20 well, grand and think, he cannot do manual well, labor. Well, after he blinged out the tricycles for $1.2 million, he's in $200,000 in the hole. Um, but, uh, <laughs> or we could do it or we could do it another way as, as opposed to doing it that way. You know, you could give us a situation where, you know, we could, we could do two situations, a realistic, like where I don't have a ton of money and a unrealistic one where I do have a ton of money. Cause it's, you know, there, there's well, it, both types of people in the world uh, that they both need advice. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, again, you know, I'm, I'm just busting balls, Jay. And, uh, but <laughs> I mean, I, I have said in, I'm a firm believer of that, and this sounds really weird to say, but it takes a lot of money to be poor in today's world. And when I say that it's not, you know, if you go back, if you go back, you know, to my grandparents, your grandparents, I mean, they were multi-generational families. You know, you grew up and you raised your kids. You got married in the pretty much the same 10 mile radius of where you were born. Um, so when you got that house that was next to your parents or just on the road, you know, you had family that gave you stuff. You were learning skill sets. And then when we got into modern times, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that, uh, you know, bird's eye is a big downgrade in, in American society is the fact that, you know, we used to can, we used to grow gardens. And then when bird's eye started pushing frozen vegetables in the 40s and 50s, a lot of housewives, and this is not being sexist, this is just my opinion, um, you know, they're like, well, geez, we don't need a garden. I don't need to can. I just go to the, the grocery store and buy frozen vegetables and we can get through the winter. You know, so we got a, away from a lot of those skill sets that we have had for thousands of years. And so now we're two or three generations past that. Now for someone that literally modern man that grew up in our education system where I don't think they even teach home ec anymore. Um, for you to sit there and be like, yep, yeah, I got this X, X amount of money. I want to go live in the woods. I want to go do this. I want a homestead. I want to do this. Well, you better have a shit ton of money because you have a lot of skills that you need to replace and you need to learn that you normally would have had, but we no longer teach. So 
something as simple as, as a decent axe. Yeah, you can go to Harbor Freight. You can buy an axe for $10, $15, which is going to break on you within a month. Or to literally buy a good quality axe, you know, you're going to spend a couple hundred bucks for it. Or really? you take someone like Alto that, you know, can make, I mean, so now we're getting back into the skill set. So, you know, it used to be, you know, I, people like, you know, oh, you know so much. And I know very little about a lot of broad subjects. But, Boy, mm-hmm. you know, a few generations ago, that was good because, you know, if I knew how to, if I knew how to do really good at making, let's say whiskey, you know, the still, yeah, I'm good at that. I know how to, I know how to grow a little corn. I know how to do this. I know how to, you know, if I want to make a fire from scratch with, with flint and steel, you know, I can do that. But my neighbor over here, you know, I'm good at making whiskey. He's really good at making corn. You know, there was a community around that, that built that, right. but that community is totally mm-hmm. gone. That community is totally gone. Uh, right, unless you know, you're in a very rural area. Right. Then, no, that um, makes complete sense because, like, today's modern skill sets don't, you can't do that. Like, I don't have a skill that I can trade for something else in a, uh, in a realistic sense. Like, I can't make anything or grow anything. So, even though, you know, like you're speaking of, even though you might not know how to do everything, you have skill sets that are tradable. So, like, you're, you can trade, make whiskey and trade it to have this done or that done. Uh, me being a modern day person and, you know, uh, a piece of shit, apparently, um, I don't have any real actual skills that I could trade. No one, you know, if, once the apocalypse comes, no one's going to trade me to say words for him. So, yeah, so you're, you know, yeah. you make an interesting point about uh, how we've moved away from that kind of society. Okay. Well, first of all, Jay, you're not a piece of shit. Again, I was saying, oh, gee, I'm joking around. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> I, I wish there was, there was a th- thread like probably about a decade ago or greater on the OG about, uh, you know, the pock apocalypse coming and you know what your skills can you provide and uh i mean back then i mean totally different uh group of people i mean actually they're probably still just under different names but you know you had uh what is ma you had what you know you had uh bob zap uh you know d- uh, just a which i think all three of those are the exact same guys but i mean yeah you know, <laughs> joe mafia used to post all the time um you know uh, so, you know, people are like, you know, what they could bring to this community, the OG that to build together. And I forget who it was, but it was so funny as hell. He's like, he's like, I'm really good at Excel. I can do spreadsheets. Please save me. And I just bust out laugh. And I mean, I mean, and that's, a, that's the thing though. I mean, if you have a community, if you have people that you can bring together, I mean, everyone can contribute and bring to it. Um, you know, but to do it by yourself is very, very difficult. I mean, there are some that can. I mean, even look at Survivor Man. I mean, uh, he, uh, he's he's an awesome, awesome dude. I mean, the shows he puts on. But, I mean, it gets to the point where, you know, he's tapping out. He's like, yeah, I'm gone. Uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's very difficult to do. Uh, what do you uh, so think yes, about? I mean, I... Go ahead, sir. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you, no what, about, what do you think about people that uh, kind of do the halfway thing? You know, they still want uh, like electricity and some modern comforts, but they still want, but they also want to get as far away from people as possible. You know, like they still want their, they still want Amazon to be able to deliver and they still want internet connections, but they want to be as far away as they can possibly do while still having that. I think that's great. I think it's awesome. You know, or do you think that's like a halfway measure? Do you think it's like, uh, it, it, realistically speaking, that's not going to uh, cut it or you know, in, in a real emergency, so to speak. No, no. I, th- I think, you know, um, someone had posted, 
again, I'm referring back to OG because this is the other ground podcast, but someone had posted, uh, again, over 10 years ago, you know, what about, you know, how do you get off the grid? And, you know, and I actually commented on that thread and, uh, actually I think the people's need might have, people's need might have started that thread. Um, rest in soul. Thank you. Uh, but, uh, you know, being off grid, it, it, it's more of a state of mind than an actual physical, physical being. I mean, there's a lot of things about being off grid. I mean, off grid to some people is, you know, being a grid tied solar system where, you know, you're still grid tied, but you're producing energy that you're giving back to the grid. Some right. people are being off the grid is totally, you know, battery system, solar panels. I'm off the grid. Some people it's, you know, I have a hundred watt wind generator in the, my backyard and it runs my two milliamp iPhone and I'm off grid. You know, it, it all depends right, as far right. as what you, you know, what you, your conception as far as what off grid is. Um, right, right. Um, but, but anything that you can do to impact your personal lifestyle, like I'll be honest with you, I mean, our house, you know, we are very low energy usage. Um, we are grid tied. Um, I order shit off of Amazon every single day. I have a chase card that I get 5% back on it and I get better deals on Amazon than I can find at Walmart or stuff locally. Um, it works out for us. I mean, but I raise my animals. Um, I have my own garden, you know? So, I mean, this is my conception as far as what being off the grid for me is. Um, so right, right. it all depends as far as what, what your goals are and what you want to do. Um, as far as you mentioned solar power, uh, how far advanced is that? Is it, uh, I haven't done any reading recently. Is it reached a point where it's reliable that you can really be off the grid as far as that goes? If you ha spend enough money and get enough solar panels. Oh God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's been that way for the past 20, 30 years, but well, the matter of the fact is that as far as the cost that, I mean, Panels have come down significantly. I mean, you used to be looking at, you know, um, $10, $20 a watt, where now we're down. And I've, it's been a couple of years since I've looked at it. But, I mean, last time I looked at it, you're like a dollar ten a watt. So, like, we priced out as far as, like, for our house, we'd probably need, like, a 4.85 kilowatt system. Um, so, it probably would have been... If we if we bought an off the off the rack site on on the internet, mm -hmm. I think we're looking at like, like around twenty two twenty three thousand dollars, and then you get your federal credits and everything like that. But at this point in time, I mean, I mean, there's definitely going to be a long term payback on that. Um, it depends as far as where you are at in your life. Like right now, I'm I'm turning fifty this year. Um, I would hope that I would see you to be seventy five, uh, but. You know, I'm not going to invest something into that. I'm looking for a 25 year payback at this point. Right, um, that just makes sense. Yeah, with with with, with our new our new place with our cabin that we're building, um, uh, we're probably going to go solar with that. But our at our current location, just because you know, I have my workshop, I have a bunch of other stuff going on with it. Uh, we we probably won't go solar with that. But with the new place, how compact it is, and everything that we got going out there. We'll probably I'm going solar or some type of hybrid uh, generator, battery, solar, wind. We have a small stream we might do some, try and do some hydro with, but uh, just something we're going to play with. 
And it's reached uh, reached the technology. What's that? I said, and it's reached uh, that the technology's reached a point where even in like uh, northern climates where you don't get a ton of sun, it's still effective now. Oh God, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. It's been it's been that way for a long, long time. Because well, that was always yeah. the thing before uh, that know, it wasn't it, considered very effective for people that didn't get a lot of sun. So that's interesting to hear. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it, it it's not, it, it was effective. It wasn't cost effective. Um, hmm. You know, the, the for I think where we are, I think we have average of four point six hours of daylight. So you so basically what you do is you you t- you take your you take your power bill, um, you figure out how many kilowatts you use, divide it by thirty, and again it's been a couple of years since I've done this calculation, but someone wants to correct me, feel free to. So you take your your monthly usage kilowatt, divide it by thirty, you get your your day per usage, then you divide it out um, by how many hours you have of of active uh, of sun, and then you figure out. So say let's just say thirty thousand. So 30,000 by 30, it's 1,000 uh, a day. Divide by 4.2 hours, let's say it's 250. So you need 250 watts of solar power to generate that 4.2 per day to equal your 30. So I mean, mm-hmm. that, that was always the biggest tie-up is your price per, per wattage was so high that up here in the northern climates, you needed a very, very large array versus down in the southern where you're more near the equator, you know, you have more hours of daylight. You don't have as much, you know, uh, cloud cover. You know, different scenarios that 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 impact that. Where you know you get away with a much smaller array, and then you start getting mm-hmm. into, you know, different things as far as you know solar orientation, as far as for your glass in your house to help with your heating bill. You know, um, you know, and then as far as what you have for for you utilities as far as in the house you know do you have a wood stove instead of a furnace do you have mm-hmm. um you have a you know and that's one of the things a lot of people do too as far as to minimize that is you trade basically one grid to go to another um so like in our scenario like we did so we need a very small uh for the most part solar array for our house is we went to a propane grid so our uh our clothes dryer our our hot water heater. We have a propane on demand hot water heater. We have a propane oven stove, you know, so those are your big draw powers as far as for your solar, right? So if you go, so basically we are now on the propane grid for those, which will minimize our solar grid, but we're still tied to that propane grid unless we went, you know, we went to a full old style wood cook stove and, you know, with a water jacket around it, you know, which is totally doable. Again, it's as far as what you're comfortable in, as far as what you want to do. Actually, uh, growing up, uh, believe it or not, uh, we had a, you know, I just lived in the suburbs of Detroit, but we had a wood-burning furnace for to heat our house. So, uh, yeah. like, in the middle of the winter, my dad would have to get up every, at least once during the night, normally at least twice, uh, to go downstairs into the basement, throw a couple of logs in there, and, you know, he spent a lot of time cutting wood and stacking it, and the kids helped him with that. And for years and years and years, that was our uh, furnace. I never knew anybody else in around me that had one, because I guess it's kind of unusual for, like, a suburban house, um, but that's the way he went for it. Yeah, up here in New England, they're they're pretty common. I mean, we a lot of people, you know, obviously a lot of people went to the whole uh, went to a whole exterior wood furnaces, wood boilers, whatever you want to call them. Um, 
I'm not a big fan of those because they seem to be, they use a lot more. Um, but people that have them that, you know, I know one guy, but I mean, he has a large property. Um, he has heats his barn and stuff like that, but he's literally going through like 40 quart of wood a year. Oh, see, this into is- that outdoor boiler. But like my grandmother had the same way. I mean, she had a, she had a wood furnace down her basement and, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you, you never know. I mean, it, it has all the blowers and uses all the ducting, just like a regular modern one has. It just uses wood instead of gas for heat. Yeah, yeah. yeah neat hey, stuff. Wood for the most part, <laughs> yeah, yeah um, wood is we were, pretty consistent as far as price. Yeah, we he never. I don't think he ever bought it. He always, you know, scrounged it from place to place. He worked uh, construction, uh, putting in new sewer pipes. So quite often they were, you know, cutting down trees and doing stuff because they were putting in uh, new neighborhoods. So he he basically had an endless source of wood whenever he wanted it, which was convenient for him, obviously. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I do have a question for you. Uh, if we haven't lost you. Um, you were speaking about the COVID stuff. Have you made any special preparations? Have you changed anything in your life because of all this stuff going on? Uh oh, we might have lost him. I'm sorry. What was it? What was it? No, I'm oh, listening. No. What was okay. that? Okay. Um, uh, since we have a break here, I figured I'd uh, move the subject a little bit because of all the stuff going on with the quarantines and the virus and things like that. Are you doing anything in your life differently on uh, in this kind of aspect, or is it just business as normal? Um. Well, so no, uh, sorry, I was just reading something real quick. Um, okay. I'll be honest with you. This mm-hmm. whole COVID thing, um, I got caught my pants down a little bit. Um, and actually a lot of my friends have as well. Um, you know, uh, I had, my website going, uh, was focusing, building our homestead. We, we were buying land, build a bug out location. And, um, back in 2016, I did something I always want to do. And I became a law enforcement officer mm-hmm. and I've been doing that for the past three years. And I kind of got away from the whole part. I mean, we, we still had that mentality. We still raised our own food for the most part, but I mean, we weren't focusing on a lot of stuff like that. Right, um, right. You know, our pantry, our, our our pantry got down a little bit and stuff like that. And then when this broke out a couple weeks ago here in the United States, um, I looked at my wife and I was like, "Yeah, we fucked up." Um, you know, when I got into law enforcement, um, when I went to the academy and I was doing all that, you know, at that point in time, we had two. You know, we had our two. Uh, miniature dexters we had our chickens we had our ducks we had our turkeys and so i'm in the academy it's the middle of winter my wife is out chipping a hole in the pond to get them all water she's stressed out because she's trying to deal with a restaurant and i was like i just called my brother one weekend i was like kill them all kill them get done with it she need. i can't have my wife going through this so they went out one weekend and slaughtered everything and put them in the freezer and we've been, wow. been basically living off that for the past three years. Wow. Um, we actually, my wife and I, this, the past, this past summer, we're talking about getting uh, two more cows. But with the law enforcement, um, I don't have too much free time. Um, and we kind of push that off. And now we're looking at like, yeah, this, this summer we're going back full bore. 
I don't mm-hmm. care what it time wise. I don't care what goes on. Um, so if anything, it's, it's, it's focused me back on what we have been trying to do for the past 20 years. Cause like I said, we've lost focus of that the past three years. Um, and this, and it's not only me, it's, it's quite a few people that I know that, that I'm friends with and, and I interact with, uh, daily that, you know, this was totally off the radar. Um, Oh boy, was it! Yeah. Holy shit, man! <laughs> Who? I mean, three months ago, or even two months ago, I never in a million years would have thought that the entire country would be shut down by the flu. I mean, obviously, there's more to it than that, but that's the basis of it, really. Well, here, here's the thing, and 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 I I, I don't. <laughs> I wouldn't not, say it was totally off the radar. Radar. I think it was like the least of the worries. But the real situation is, I mean, we have, and that's the thing. You know, people look at preppers and they look at you know homesteaders and like, oh, you're you're a homesteader. You're, you know, you're one of those doomsday preppers or or whatever. And you know, if you just look at history, you know, you know, you look at the at the, at the Spanish flu, you know, nineteen eighteen, mm-hmm. you know. There, there's a history of pandemics. You know, we were way past being on a pandemic. If you look at the stock market crash, you know, it's not as bad as back in the 20s. But, you know, every 10 years, that stock market goes down. We had 2008. You know, you had Black, it was a Black Thursday, Black Friday, whatever, back in the 80s when I was in high school. You know, every 10, 15 years, you know, there is a significant stock market crash for the past 40, at least in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, people can look at, you know, something as simple as, you know, Yellowstone, you know, Yellowstone. We know that geologically it erupts every, I think it's 600,000 years and it's been 750,000, 750,000 years since the last time it erupted. Now, is it going to happen in our lifetime? Probably not. I would say it's not going to, but it is going to erupt at some point in time. And if Yellowstone erupts, we're all fucked. I mean, so there are things that, I mean, we are going to get struck by a major meter at some point in time or a comet mm-hmm. or something like that. I mean, these are, all, these are all historical things that we can track. And so, you know what? If you put some rice or beans to the side each month just to protect your family, you know, God bless you. Good for you. Because... Even if, and that's the thing is, you know, you look at, like I said, like our, our grandparents, you know, went through depression. I mean, these people were savers, you know, they, they not only had the skills, but skill sets, but they also learned in that depression. These are the people, you know, you can call them hoarders or whatever you want, but they didn't throw away anything. We are a society of users and disposers. Um, you know, your TV breaks, what do you do? You throw it out, you go buy a goddamn new one. You know, mm-hmm. there are no TV repairmans anymore. And it was no. a whole nother issue. But I mean, we, there is nothing <laughs> quality anymore. We are a disposable society. Yeah, you dude. can't buy a washer and dryer and own it for your whole lifetime. And, you know, we have a shelf life on everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, it used you to know, be like our, that. Too. Our, you know, our grandparents, they would, you know, they could get by in very, very little. We can't anymore. Um, and so I guess I, you don't need to go out and buy a hundred acres and fucking plant, you know, corn, beans or whatever. If you can minimize as far as what your financial and what your, um, physical needs are each month, even if you're living in an apartment or a condo in New York city, I think you'll be far ahead. 
as far as what if when something like this happens and that's not saying end of the world that's i mean just saying and that's the thing is it's just life tragedies you know if my wife died or if i died i mean that would be a significant life incident to me or her you know so if i have this stuff set aside where my wife doesn't have to worry about going out and buying groceries or she doesn't know how that light bill is getting paid, whether it be some money set aside or, you know, gold, silver or whatever, you know, whatever that may be, you know, if I can protect the loved ones that I have from just me passing, then it was all worth it. It doesn't have to be end of the world. I don't need the fucking zombies walking the earth, I, you know, just to protect my loved ones from those day to day tragedies that happen to us. Oh, yeah, I can totally understand it. Like, I have uh, life insurance on me. I, I don't have life insurance on her. I'm not worried about if her dying financially. I, I worry about if I die for her finances. So, I, you know, I understand your point on that completely. Um, yeah. And as far as saving stuff, you know, I you know, we, I've, I try to do the best I can. I've got, like, a little uh, tote down in my basement filled full of emergency food, case, just in case. It's not much. It's, like, probably about a month's worth of emergency food, like instant mashed potatoes and bullshit like that. But just in case the shit really hits the fan, I can grab that tote, throw it in the back of my car, and, you know, at least know I'm not going to be starving for a couple weeks. But the, and that's obviously that's not much, but that's about all I can do in my situation right now. But it's something I can build on. When the when this the shit started hitting the fan here a couple weeks ago, my wife panicked. Like we now have like uh, bottles upon bottles of uh, water, like two liters and gallons of water down in the basement that she filled up because she was afraid like something might happen with the water system. And I told her that's kind of silly, but it can't hurt. I mean, you know, it's gonna, the water's fine in the, in the bottle for about six months from what I read. So if she really wants to keep it down there, more power to her. Uh, it's, I guess it's a, a case of being prepared for something that might not happen instead of not being prepared for something that might happen. Yeah. No, and then there's the different other things that, you know, that you can look at is, um, you know, it's, you know, you have the big Berkey water filters, you know, um, you had the life straws, you know, oh, I bought one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I bought one of those life straws and threw it in. I, I bought a life straw and threw it in the, uh, uh tote just in case too. You know, but the, the most simplest thing is a, a simple slow sand filter. You know, you can build a slow sand filter out of a couple buckets with some, uh, sand charcoal and, uh, you know, filter and then boil it and you'll be good to go. So, I mean, there's different, you know, it, it actually you bring up a, a great point. I mean, look at something as simple as Flint, Michigan, you know, uh, you know, the water issues they had there, you know, I mean, that we are depend ourselves, you know, day to day lives as far as with those basic necessities, as far as water to live. And it was making people sick and killing them. Yeah. You know, yeah so yeah. And it wasn't, you, get, you, you know, get, I mean, and it, was, and it wasn't even something like someone decided that that was the best thing to do. It was just a simple fucking mistake. And it, mistakes happen every day. So, you know, it's like you said, that's something that, you know, it's best if you can take care of it yourself because rel having relying on other people for basic necessities, shit happens. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, um, oh, Ryan, by the way, did you guys know that uh, you, you and Kyle are claw brothers? The hell is a claw brother? Are you trying to dismerge the, the white claw name, Jack? No, no, I'm trying to dis. Uh, um, I'm trying to say shit about your fucking shitty microphone first. Uh, but no, apparently Kyle's a white claw fan as well. Well, goddamn. 
Okay, no, I, I thought you guys might have more to talk to talk about about that. <laughs> okay, Ryan, why don't you dump out and come back in? Because really, seriously, your, mi- your microphone sucks, and you're such a big part of the show. We don't want to to <laughs> to uh, you know lose your uh, opinions and uh, on the topics and such. And we lost uh, Kyle. So he, he might have had a uh, issue or he might have been bored with us. So if he comes back, we'll talk some more about that. Um, but in the meantime, uh, Ryan, did, what'd you think? Uh, did he say anything that you disagree with? With I thought it was uh, pretty interesting stuff. Okay, yeah, he's offline too. That, that was dumb of me. I, I told him to go offline and I started asking him questions. So it's just me now. Um, so if he doesn't come back, I'd like to thank Kyle. That was uh, some pretty interesting stuff, like I said. Uh, I did have some more questions for him, but I'm sure if he comes back, I'll forget them completely. <laughs> uh, and you guys also, if you have any questions for him, if he comes back, feel free to type them in the chat box or give us a call and, uh, you know, we'll uh, talk it out with him. Uh, now, unfortunately, since uh, he said he's going to be on the show, I don't have any topics at all. And since I don't have Ryan to talk to, I'm really just running my mouth with nothing to say. So let's go over to the OG and see what's over in the different threads. That's always a good way to... Uh, find stuff to talk about on the show, isn't it? All right, let's click on where it says Other Ground, and we will see what we have here. Best watches between two and $300. You guys watch people? I have one watch, which I'm a big fan of, but it wasn't really super expensive or anything like that. Um, and it's cool as jewelry and stuff, but I can't see spending a bunch of money in really expensive watches or even having a whole bunch of them. Uh, I guess if you're a really stylish person, you might want to have a couple to match different outfits, like maybe a black watch if you're wearing a suit or something silver or whatever. But I just can't see having like 10 or 15 different watches like some people have. Um, my my uh, father-in-law actually collects watches. He's got a whole bunch of them. None of them are super expensive, but he's probably got 40 or 50 watches. Um, but never been my thing. Like I do, I do like my watch. I have a uh, Fossil uh, Hybrid. It's a hybrid smartwatch. It doesn't have don't a. Lie. Uh, don't well, lie. You have a Hello Kitty watch. We Hello all Kitty know watch. it. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? I actually have two watches. One is a Fossil Hybrid. Uh, it's a hybrid smartwatch, which means it does not have a uh, screen on it. It has a tr- traditional faceplate. It looks like a normal watch, but it still hooks via Bluetooth to your phone and gives does stuff like uh, vibrate to give you notifications. Like if I get a phone call, it'll vibrate, and both the hands will point toward the the noon. A time setting if uh, like I get a, a message on Facebook uh, it'll vibrate and both the hands will point toward the nine number you could set it up for 12 different notifications if you want to but I didn't get that complex with it I like it because I don't like the way the uh, the wa- digital watches look and two this uses as a regular watch battery and needs to be p- replaced every six to 12 months so I don't have to worry about taking the fucker off and charging it every couple days so I'm a big fan of it and my other one is a 1960 something or 50 it's a 50s or 60s uh, teamster watch my, my, it was my grandpa's and it was awarded to him but supposedly by jimmy hoffa uh, i don't know if that's true or not but it's around the right time frame and he jimmy hoffa used to do that uh it was a watch given to my grandpa for 20 years of service with the teamsters um and it's a, it's a nice little watch uh I, I like it quite a bit i don't wear it hardly ever because it's uh you know i don't want to fuck it up and uh, it's one of the few things I have for my grandpa. Almost the only thing I can think of, really. Uh, how about you? You got any uh, keepsakes or heirlooms from your family? The fuck is a heirloom? 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 It, heirloom. It's heirloom. Yeah, it's got an H in the front of it. So I think it's you can pronounce it. Either. I think you can pronounce it either way. Um, no, no, you really can't. Like, you need to get a much better grasp of the English language. 
I congrats to it really well. You get remember, I have a really, really, really wide experience with the written word, the spoken word, not quite so much. So I can, uh, there's tons of tons of tons of words I've read a bazillion times, but I'm not sure if I've actually heard spoken, like heirloom, possibly. Holy shit. But, but regardless, uh, uh, do you have any of those things? No, I'm not really an heirloom type of person. No, nothing that you got from your uh, your dad or anything like that that you, you hold near and dear? No. So my biological dad died when I was like two weeks old. So I never okay. even met that guy. And we all know the story of the stepdad. So obviously that wasn't really a thing either. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. <laughs> and then I moved out like basically the day I turned 18. And like I haven't really spoken to my parents in probably 15 years. Oh, so no, there wasn't a lot of, you know handing down of keepsakes okay i'm sorry i brought it up now <laughs> no, no, it doesn't bother me at all yeah i don't i don't have a, t- a ton of much as as most of the og knows uh I, when my parents passed away because of uh, the, the way the will was written i didn't get anything uh from them and when my dad passed away my stepmom was still alive so obviously i you know i didn't inherit anything from that except for a couple keepsakes she went through when she was cleaning out everything that's how i got my grandpa's watch she asked me if i wanted it and a couple other small things but the vast majority of it you know is, is still with her because because <laughs> you know she's alive uh she was significantly uh my dad died fairly young from a uh, kidney cancer that moved to his pancreas uh, but uh, he also married someone quite a bit younger than him too uh, like 18 years younger <laughs> So she is just now like, uh, in her like late fifties, mid, late, mid to late fifties. So she's got a good long uh, road ahead of her. Um, and that, and that's how it is with, uh, most families nowadays, uh, with marriage and remarriage and things like that. Most people shouldn't expect to get an inheritance because that's not how it works. That's how it works. With my stepdad, uh, his, uh, his dad remarried, um, then passed away and, you know, um, every, so since the new wife was still alive, she got everything. And then when she died, everything went to her kids. So my dad never got, saw anything from his parents. Um, and that's kind of how it worked with me a little bit weirdly different. Yeah, so the old tradition of people getting an inheritance from their parents to help them along in a lot of cases doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah. I don't really know about that one, but so interesting thought with the whole like remarriage and younger and what have you. Mm-hmm. So my, uh, so my grandpa ended up, uh, divorcing his wife and ended up trading in for a newer model of about, well, I think 20 to 25 years. And so he got her pregnant when he was in his early sixties, uh, he passed away at like mid sixties. So I have an uncle out there that is roughly 12, 13 years younger than me. <laughs> that's kind of how that's kind of how it worked with uh with me and my uh half sister uh, she's like uh 17 years younger than me or 16 actually 16 <laughs> because you know uh, my dad had her when he was in his like late 40s so you know I, I think yeah yeah when i turned 17 she was like three i yeah, I think she's okay, about six years quit rambling. Right. Tenor's on. Right. Let's get to some more interesting people. Tenor, what's sorry, up? Sorry, sorry, sorry. What's up, boss? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something right now, Passive J. I've been put into a predicament that I'd rather not be in right now, and that's talking to your goofy ass. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is a way more aggressive Macho Man than we spoke to the other day. Well, let me tell you something right now. You're always talking about snapping into a beefy, veiny, thick vein cock. 
And I tell you what, I like that, and I can respect that. Oh, yeah, I do like the big veiny dick. Ooh. <laughs> I'm not very good at that. I figured I'd, I'd try my hand at it. No, that was good. That's good. We, we should have a rule that everyone has to try Macho Man when they call in. Oh, my My kids are now doing Macho Mans in the background. I don't know if you can hear them, but my kids are screaming oh, yeah. Macho Man in the background. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Yeah, that, that's, that's I apologize for all that, but... These kids have been locked up for three freaking weeks, and this is what I got. They're screaming. They're jumping off stuff. They're running into the road without looking both ways. If we were on a bus, they would stand, like, in front of that line that tells you not to fucking stand mm -hmm. in front of it. That's what these kids would be doing right now, running with yep. scissors. That's commonplace in this household nowadays. It's fucking anarchy. <laughs> yeah, I can see him right now talking to the bus driver, even though he's pointing at the sign that says, don't talk to the bus driver. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Oh, They're not wearing masks. They don't give a shit. <laughs> How many do we have? Hit, we hit like cabin fever level of this quarantine thing. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. my kids are nuts, man. So I have I have three kids. Believe it or not, I have a 19 year old um, who who's basically an adult. I say basically because nowadays 19 year olds are not adults. And then I have a, a six a six year old daughter and a four year old son who are absolute savages. <laughs> oh, when I, when I was 19, and that was like, what, 20-something years ago, I was nowhere close to an adult. I was, you know. But you're um, still not. You buy fucking Wookiee costumes and ride a tricycle. <laughs> Fuck. Well, yeah, well, I'm young at heart. Come on. <laughs> it, Dal Deep Throat Dalton, be nice to him. He was running on flattened arches in the Army when he was 19, sir, and getting kicked out. Yeah, that, that is true. Although, you know, I still think that they <laughs> fell. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but. You know, it's either they fell or that doctor was supremely incompetent. Maybe a little bit both. I don't I'm know. I'm surprised <laughs> they let you in in the first place. Like one look at your musculature and I've been like, yeah, that's not going to be a good fit. I, I scored really high on what, I can't remember what their test is called, but I scored really high on that. They gave me an exclusion for my uh, being blind when I, they normally don't let you in for that. You know, uh, but No, no like, that recruiter just really needed the numbers that month. <laughs> I think it's I, I think it's fucked up that you actually referred to him as having musculature. Because I don't really. I think that's a mis <laughs> I think that's a misnomer, sir. There's at least one or two tendons in there somewhere. Well, you know, I'm working. I'm working <laughs> on it. You know, I, seriously <laughs> speaking, it does bum me out that I'm uh, so out of shape compared to what it was, which wasn't great. But you know, the better it was now. We're we're counting tendons and ligaments as musculature now, huh? Yeah, hey, you know, I got to move around somehow. System, I'm not just, right? Yeah, I don't just pop over. <laughs> I, the I screen. guess so. <laughs> I mean, I realize I look like the, one of those living skeleton things they used in the seventies. You know, like you guys remember the videos of that? They used it in I, school in the seventies. I do, but Jay, I remember you you posted a picture the other day mm -hmm. where you're like, "See, I used to have traps." Right. And and I still didn't see them, so I, well, I was very confused by that picture. That is a comparative thing. Uh, that's unfortunately that picture is probably the best I've ever looked in my life. Sadly speaking, um, <laughs> and and it because it because it wasn't too terribly long before I got sick, and I've been in a uh, 
an arc of getting in better shape over over four or five or six years, uh, ending with me, you know, getting really sick and losing like thirty or forty pounds and having to start over. So and yeah, that picture I, was like the last one before I got sick. So I'm, you know, that's the best I've probably ever looked in my life. <laughs> well, I, I followed I followed your escapades on the um, the Iron Bros thread or whatever it was called, the Pumping Iron thread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you were yeah you were posting your stuff, and I remember you you were getting you were getting. Um, how can I say this? Relatively uh, larger. <laughs> you were getting, um, yeah, I, I guess relatively larger would be a, a good term to put it. And that's where I first, actually, that's the first time that I uh, ran into Dot on uh, or Ryan, whatever, Deep Throat Dawn, whatever we're calling him these days. Um, that's, I remember him posting on that thread as well. So that's the first time I ever came into contact with him. Yeah, yep, yep, had a lot yeah, of it was on there. Yeah, I, I learned quite a bit from it. Um, Kyle, do you work out any? Welcome back, sir, by the way. No, sorry, I had an issue with my phone. Yeah, I do. Wait, wait. Oh, yeah, you're big into lifting weights and stuff, or are you more like cardio-based stuff, which kind of makes sense considering your uh, lifestyle? Uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, and I'm going to get shit for this, I'm a big fan of uh, Tony Horton and P90X. Oh, my. That's some intense stuff from what I understand. I haven't looked into it uh, too much, though. No, uh, I like watching a video and lifting weights. I actually switched over to Body Beast about uh, two months ago, and I really like that. Actually, probably more than uh, Tony Horton, but that's what I've been doing for years. You know, just body weights, lifting weights, cardio. Well, at least there's nothing else, right? So, like, that entire lifestyle of getting out and doing things in your life, you're going to be functionally strong anyway. Like, that whole idea of, like, country strong, like, that's a thing. Yes. Yeah. There is a thing, you know, old, old man strength is real and, uh, and farmer strength is real as well. So, I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My uh, stepdad, uh, as I mentioned, did uh, sewer construction, and uh, since he didn't want to have to worry about drug tests or things like that, he never moved up to the operator level like he should have over the years. So he stayed shoveling for. 30 something years shoveling holes for eight to 10 to 12 hours a day. He was maybe five, nine, 170, 180. He was hideously strong, dude. You did not want that man to get a hold of you and he could work fucking all day long shoveling that like you said, that manual labor strength is just something real. Like you, you can't work all day shoveling though. Can you Jay? No, I don't think so. I he actually helped me out uh, at the house once. Uh, we had to dig out the the side of the house because we were getting a leak in the basement. So we dug like maybe a two foot wide by twenty four foot long by seven or eight foot deep uh, trench to to expose the basement wall. To like we put some sticky stuff over it, like tar, and then put uh, some bisquick or whatever it was called over that uh, to to seal it up. And I tried my best, and that man fucking outwork me like he wasn't even trying man and, and at that point he was 67 <laughs> and he whooped my ass that day it was it was embarrassing it really was oh, holy so christ how over. you just glossed over holy christ how you just glossed uh, over the I whole am, shoveling thing and went right back into that I am, story i am i am totally butting my tongue right now <laughs> because uh, i'm being you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> This is I'm not, not the podcast uh, to bite your tongue. Let it out. Yeah, go ahead, sir. You're not going to uh, hurt my feelings. I've no, been on no, the OG no. long enough. Come on. If I, if no, I was going to get no, feelings no. hurt, I'd be out of there a long time ago. Well, I mean, so, honestly, no, no one's no one's surprised that a 67 year old's out working. You know, first of all, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, 
Yeah, uh, but yeah, but I mean, I mean, but it's what he did for thirty years. I'd be you know surprised uh, if he, he couldn't outwork pretty much any of us in that specific task. Anyways, you know, um, he shoveled. That's what he did. He was a human excavator. <laughs> and thank God he. I like my chances against a sixty-seven-year-old. I, I don't know about the the rest of the folks here. Oh, in that specific thing, just shoveling. So and I realize, you realize this, this how difficult it is to shovel. Not very fucking hard. Oh, like there isn't a special <laughs> technique to shoveling that you get over thirty years. Like that's not a thing. It's you take a shovel and you move what you're shoveling. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I mean specifically that he. I'm not saying it's a skill. I'm saying it's like you know uh, he could outwork you doing it because he's he's built up his muscles doing that specific task. So you know he's not lifting like three hundred pounds over his head like uh, you are. He's shoveling all day. But we got regardless. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know why I'm why, why I'm defending my dead stepdad. So let's. <laughs> and which by what way, he's uh, trying to say is it takes intestinal fortitude. I, I, and I should have that because my grandpa did the same job. That's actually how my mom and my stepdad met. My gra- my grandpa also installed new sewer pipe. Uh, so he did the same thing. I don't. I don't know why he never moved up into the operated thing. As far as I know, he didn't do drugs. Um, but uh, that's how my uh, my uh, mom and my stepdad met uh, through my grandpa and my stepdad both having the same job. And he can still shovel you. Yep. Yeah. Well, my dead grandpa probably yes. <laughs> if he came back to life, yeah, I imagine he'd probably be quite feisty. <laughs> Oh shit! This is, KBR, you're back on. I didn't know this was you. I just looked at the chat. So, um, <laughs> when I remember you getting you you starting a thread when you went to the police academy, I had already been on for several years. What, what year did you go to the police academy? Uh, 2017. Yeah, it was 17. So I went in 2009, and I recall that uh, that thread that you started. Um, are you, are you working full time? Cause didn't you start off part time or no? No. So, um, so I, I'm currently full time. Um, so I didn't, all right. So let's back up a little bit. So I didn't start that thread, uh, but someone else was looking for advice as far as for, uh, getting into law enforcement and, and I commented like on the second page or whatever um, that I was actually thinking about as well. And then it just kind of progressed from there. But so I had always thought about getting into it. My, when my wife and I used to live down in PA, that's where we're originally from. And then we met, um, I looked into law enforcement down there, but they required a four degree, which I didn't have. Um, mm-hmm. We moved up to Maine uh, back in 97 I looked into law enforcement up here, saw they, that they didn't require a degree, but the pay was so low that I couldn't do it. Um, but up here in Maine, I mean, it's different. Like, so I, I was born in PA, grew up in New York. So like New York, I mean, with the civil, you know, I, I think it, you, you can't get hired after 35, uh, just yeah, due to the, exactly. the re- retirement. Um, up, up here in Maine, there is no age limit. I mean, literally, you can get hired at 70 if you want, if you could make it through the whole process. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of, so when we moved up here, I looked into it and saw that, that there was no age limit. I just, so I kind of kept that in the back of my head and I continued as far as progressing with 
my corporate career. Then we started our own business and did that. And that got to the point where I was running itself. So I was had a lot of free time where I was working on the homestead, building shit, raising animals. Um, and someone convinced me into running for the local select board. So I got on the town select board. And uh, we were going over the uh, budget for 2015. You all right? Yeah. Little... You there? Uh, oh, yeah. You there? All right. Uh, so, so, so I'm, a, I'm actually masturbating to your smooth voice. Oh, well, hey, baby. What are you doing? Over no. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> So the police chief came in and went over as far as what his needs were, said he wanted to hire like three more part-time. We needed one more full-time, but he couldn't find anyone. And I was like, why is that? He's like, well, I, you know, I can't find anyone that wants to do it with today's perception law enforcement. You know, uh, no one can pass the background, the drug test, or the polygraph. And I was like, well, I'll do it. And uh, everyone <laughs> had a laugh. And the next day he called me. He's like, were you serious? I was like, well, yeah, kind of, sort of. He's like, well, come talk to me. So I went down and talked to him, and he laid out as far as what was required to be a part-time officer. And I was like, well, I'll go home and talk to my wife. And I did. And she's like, well, you know, you've been talking about it for the past 20 years. If you want to do it, do it. I was like, well, I kind of do, but I don't want to be a part-time officer here. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, I've always wanted to do this. So if I want to do it, I'm going to go all in like I do with everything, and I'm going to do this. And she's like, all right, we'll do it. So I did. Um, but nice. I think at, at that time I was like 300 pounds, uh, you know, I remember you trying to get in 30 years. Yeah. I remember you trying yeah. to get in shape for yeah. it, or maybe there was a new year's thread where you had like a new year's resolution or something, or maybe I'm just making that shit up, yeah. but I thought I saw you on one of those no. threads. Yeah, no, you did. Actually, I made up, I actually made, I made a thread on P90X3 because that's what I really used. Um, I did keto and P90X3. And I started on, so the meeting was in the end of May. I started on June 5th, and I went strict keto for the first couple months. Um, so I started actually, by that time, I had already been working on it. By the time I actually got on the scale, I think I was like at 289 on June 5th. By August 30th, I was down to 235. And I started doing P90X3, and then by October 30th, I was down to 201. Damn. So, and then I applied. Yeah. Nice. Wow, so, that's impressive. Yeah. Wow. So CJ, start, that's, start that's called work ethic. Ah. <laughs> hey, Dalton, maybe you should go on that program. I saw your picture. <laughs> Why in the fuck would I want to lose a bunch of weight? Like, I, I enjoy having traps. <laughs> <laughs> in, in big fat wet lips that you like to purse up i love it god damn right <laughs> <laughs> well shit well normally we'd be wrapping it up around right now but we have two great guests on so if you guys want to stick around and talk about stuff i'm not going to pull the plug until you guys are ready to go um yeah if anybody's got any questions i mean i didn't really have much to talk about but i saw a lull in the action so i jumped in Right on. Does anyone got any questions for Kyle? I mean, he's obviously got a wealth of information. <laughs> Try box like, no, nah, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fucking crickets, yeah, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. I think chat did. Um, and actually, I think this actually applies to both of you. Obviously not Jay. 
Uh, but Sly wanted to know, um, like both in kind of your areas, obviously you're both in New England, but he wanted to know how folks treat you while you're in uniform. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll go first. So I, I, I work yeah, in, a, in a very small, I work in a very small community and the department that I work for is, is very big on community policing. So I'm out talking to people all day long. I'm not sitting in a car. I'm not running radar. I mean, I do every once in a while, but it's, it, we're big on making contacts and, and I have a theory and I, I'm sure it's, it's not specific to me. I didn't make this theory up, but if I can touch as many people a day, and I made that, that figuratively, not literally, if I can touch as many people a day, meaning, Hey, how are you doing today? You know, if I see somebody with a fucking Chicago Cubs hat on or a New York Yankees hat, like, Hey, did you see that game last night? Just shooting the shit and talking shit. If I can have five, 10, 15, 35, 185 contacts with you that are like that, you know me as a guy that's just an everyday guy rather than the guy that's that's confronting you on a negative behavior. If the first contact I have with you is you, I'm confronting you for something negative, well, then you're, you, you have all the ammunition in the world to call me a fucking racist cop, a fucking asshole, some fucking pig. But if, if you know me as the guy that talked to you maybe five times before that, that negative contact that we had with one another, then I'm already ahead of the curve. I'm fucking winning that match. I'm winning you know, that that's, game. That's really interesting you say that because that's exactly how I run my customer service for very similar reasons. I always try to do the very best that I can do and make it obvious that I'm trying to do the very best for this person that I can do. And because of that, when I screw up and everyone screws up, if I fuck something up, my members, it's not a big deal to my members because they know that 99% of the time I'm there for them trying to do what I can for them, you know, and mistakes happen. So it's interesting yeah. that you use a kind of a similar technique uh, to, for dealing with the public. This is a yeah, little you know what? though, Jay. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, well, I mean <laughs> you work in a country club and you're just I, trying to save face because you work for the Jewish mob. No, and no, if I you mean. you aren't nice, <laughs> they're going to have old Willie One Nut come through and kneecap you. I meant, and I meant it's the same as in that I try to give them in a positive experience with me as many times as I can. That way, if there is a negative experience, it's not their entirety of what they think of me. Exactly. That, and that, that, that's my philosophy. Like I said, that's not something that I invented, but it just seems to fucking make sense. And, and I utilize that from, from my, my correctional days when I was dealing with inmates all day long it's let me have as many positive contacts as I can have with you because when something negative does pop off, that's not, like you said, the entirety of our relationship is not that negativity. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I do realize not everybody in every department can do what I do. You know, what I do is very specialized. It's very, it's very small. So I can afford to go out there and make those contacts. You know, I don't know if KBR can do that because I wouldn't expect every cop to be able to do that because you just can't. <laughs> we talk at once. Kyle, did you uh, have anything to say about uh, that question? With well, no, how, uh, I, I, was, I, I was just in awe of what he just said, and I was just like, it was awesome. Uh, no, uh, so for me, I, I mean, I'm sorry, Tenor, what, what should I call you? Should I call you Tenor? Yeah, Tenor's fine, man. All right, so how old were you when you got in? 
Um, I was a little older. I was 33 and had already done eight years in, in corrections. You know, I'm 44 now, so I've been on the job 11 years, but 19 total with the, the correctional time. Okay. So I, I got on at 47 um, okay. after being almost in, in the restaurant business for 30 years uh, total through customer service. So been married for almost 25 years, um, have children, yada, yada, yada. So it was funny because when I went through the academy and stuff like that, you know, you get shit about being the old guy and stuff like that. And I'm like, listen, you know, so I pulled a couple of guys and it's, a couple of guys are getting more shit. I said, listen, I said, you know, I said, how old are you? 22. How long have you been married? Three years. Okay. So we both get called to the exact same domestic call. We go in, 50-year-old couple, been married 25 years. They're sick of each other's shit. They're going at it. Who do you think is going to react to that a little bit better? Me, who knows exactly what they're talking about because I'm 50. <laughs> I've been married for 25 years. I know exactly what they're going through. Or you right. have no fucking clue what, what they're going through. And you're like, yeah, we got to do this. Boom. So, I mean, life experience I have found has been huge. Um, you know, I'm very lucky that with my department, you know, I patrol in my town, in my area. Um, so I already had a lot of interpersonal connections with pretty much everyone in the area, which I have found hugely beneficial. And I'm pretty much the same, you know, my goal literally is not to take people to jail unless I'm forced to, or I have to. Um, I think every interaction is a learning moment for both sides. Um, I get there's a lot of hate out there for, for law enforcement right now. And there has been for the past several years. Um, you know, I, People are like, oh, you got quotas, you know, you got this. And, you know, we don't have quotas. Um, I have, you know, I have to have a certain number of contacts with the public each month. You know, whether or not I want to ticket someone, that's my discretion. I may stop 80 people in a month. Um, you know how many tickets I usually get? I maybe give hmm. one, and that's because they're being they're being a dick. Um, exactly. Remember, yep. I'm I the sitting, same way. I, I, I was sitting on I was sitting on this rural road in the middle of nowhere. Um, we had some people call and complain because they have a small farm. They have a bunch of kids, and it's like 45 to that area. And literally, people are going 78 miles an hour past their house. So I was sitting there one day, and I, I mean, it was like shooting turkeys in a barrel. I was just like stopping a car every five minutes. It was like nonstop. And uh, I'm just giving warnings like, yeah, just slow it down, slow it down, slow it down. And I got to the, like the very last stop of the day. It was a sovereign citizen. Oh, boy. <laughs> and, I, and I walked up. I was like, hey, Trooper KVR, you know, you know, I stopped you. He's like. Yeah, you're trying to get money from the state. I'm like, no, no, not really. And uh, Talk about at, at the end of the conversation, actually, I was able to turn his turn around just by talking to him. And obviously, that's not going to happen every time. But I mean, it's 
people are like, oh, you're, 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 you're a cop. I'm like, no, I'm in the, you know, I look at, I look at what I do now in law enforcement, the same thing with restaurant business. I'm in the people business, you know, restaurant business, you know, we do food on the side, law enforcement. We do, we do enforce laws on the side, but it's all about how you interact with people on a day to day basis. Those personal interactions, which has been dictated as far as how your day goes. And that's just mm-hmm. the way I look at it. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with that. Interesting. Excellent. Well, guys, it uh, looks like we are closing in on the end of the show. Did you guys have anything you want to cover before we get out of here? Uh, KVR, Kyle, I know you got a website. Did you want to promote that or anything like that? No, dude, I've been so busy. I haven't even touched it in three years. I actually looked at it today for the first time. And <clears throat> yeah, no, appreciate it. Yeah. All right. No problem. Uh, how about you, Tanner? You got anything you want to cover before we get out of here? Yeah, I'd like to promote my website. It's uh, www.manlove.com. Um, I'm, I got a special guest um, named Dalton this week. He's got some nice picks up on there. If you guys want to go there, give it a thumbs up or a shout out. I'd appreciate it. Share it on Facebook, uh, Instagram, all the social medias. Best that was mattvital.com. I'd like to speak a few about a, about a sponsorship later on, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All right, I guys. appreciate thanks, it. Thanks for having me. Happy All Easter. Right. All right. I appreciate you calling, man. You have a great day. And uh, and you too, Tedder. I always appreciate you having me on the show. You're always a good time. All right, brothers. I appreciate it. All right, you have a great one, man. All righty. It was a great show today, guys. Uh, We had all kinds of interesting guests on there, which is always a good thing. And hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. We will be on tomorrow at 6 o'clock yet again. You cannot get rid of us. Uh, we will be talking about all kinds of different things. We'll, we'll, we will have the OG chat army to keep us company. Uh, Ryan, you got anything? Uh, for those that celebrate it, happy Easter to everyone. For everyone that doesn't, happy Sunday. We'll be back tomorrow if Passive J doesn't kill himself in an inflatable hot tub. One can hope. All right, you guys have a great night. We'll see everyone tomorrow. <laughs>